This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse, we talk with an abuse survivor named Blake. And Blake was in an abusive relationship with her brother's good friend. It's a story of self-worth, future faking, Facebook mirroring, and having trouble cutting the cord for good. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, everyone. And this is a podcast that gives a voice to survivors of toxic relationships. I am Brandon Chadwick, but my friends call me Chad. And thanks for tuning into this episode. So what is a narcissist, you may ask? Well, for the purposes of this podcast, we refer to a narcissist as anyone who has displayed a pattern of behavior that shows a limited capacity to appreciate others' perspectives. It is that simple. And now, before we get to our episode with Blake, I first want to thank everyone in the Narcissist Apocalypse community for listening to the show and sharing your thoughts by email, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, a reminder, if you've not left us a review on whatever podcast service you use, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, CastBox, etc., etc., please leave us a five-star written review as it helps out the show a lot when it comes to rankings. Now, if you have not been to our website recently at NarcissistApocalypse.com, go there if you want to be a guest on our show. There's a button at the top of the page that says Guest Form. Fill out that form, and away we will go from there. But you can also be on our Letters to My Narcissist compilation episode. And to do that, you can also go to NarcissistApocalypse.com. Side of the page, there's a floating button that says Send Voicemail. That voicemail button is for Letters to My Narcissist Letters Only. Click on that button. Read your letter. You need more than five minutes, you click it twice. You need more than 10 minutes, you click it three times. We're collecting these letters to my narcissist for our letters to my narcissist compilation episode six, I think it is, maybe seven. My, my brain is foggy. Anyway, if you do not want to read the letter yourself, send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com. Send us your letter and myself or my old pal, Melissa, will read the letter for you. Other things on our site, we are offering high-conflict parenting courses that can be found at NarcissistApocalypse.com slash courses. Yes, we have now partnered with online parenting, and many of our courses we are offering were created by Bill Eddy, who is an expert 
in dealing with these individuals in court, and now he's helped create many parenting courses to help you through divorce and to help support your children too. These courses are the most widely recognized courses by family courts across the country, so if you want to support the show and are looking for guidance, please do go to NarcissistApocalypse.com slash courses. But do you know what else helps support the show? Our Patreon. Yes, we've started a Patreon. If you want to hear episodes that never made it to air, follow episodes with former guests and much more like our virtual support groups that we do every Wednesday and Saturday, plus our our own forum board on there. Go to patreon.com slash Narcissist Apocalypse to become a patron today. And other things. We put up a new shirt in our store if you want to go there. It's the shirts. They're really cute. They say my last fuck, and there's like a cute drawing of, of a middle finger, and you know, I'm I'm not selling it really well right now, but go there. Look at the shirt. It's really cute. Buy one. Support the show. Um, and last thing, I just want to thank Blake for being on this episode. Uh, it's very fresh for Blake. She's still in the trauma bond stage. She's having a difficult time uh, disconnecting for, for good, and you know, it's just you know fresh and you can kind of hear it in her voice she was a little nervous for the show and i she did a good job and i just want to thank her for for being on the show this is uh, also a short relationship uh she was in and a lot happened in that in that very short amount of time so a big thanks to blake for being vulnerable with us and sharing her story and now without further ado here we go Uh, I've lost my train of thought. This is my episode with Blake. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, everyone. With me today, I have Blake. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. And today, everyone is going to hear your story. You are in a seven-month relationship, and you are still reeling uh, from it in a way. You still have a trauma bond, and we don't have a lot of episodes where we have someone who is out of the relationship. You were discarded and is still dealing with a lot of stuff. Usually, we have people that are like, most of the time, we are fully out. So I'm unfortunately you're here, but I'm happy you're here so we can uh, talk with you because there's a lot of people out there that are still going through it. And to have someone who's also still going through it, we, we don't do it that often. So thank you for for being here. And you know this story also involves your child. And there's a, a lot to unpack here. So uh, I really want to thank you for being here with me. And I, uh, anyway, the, the floor, <laughs> the floor is now yours. Thank you. Um, like I said, I am a little nervous. I haven't really talked about this with anyone. Um, it's still pretty fresh and, but I feel like I need to get it out because I feel like I'm going crazy. Um, I'll start off with like how, like my childhood and how it led up to me being with my narc boy or narc ex-boyfriend. Um, my mom is amazing. I have an amazing mom. My dad, not so much. He's, he's not the best person. Um, I do have siblings. I have an older sister and a younger brother. I'm the middle child. We're, I'm 19 months apart from both of them, so, yeah, we're pretty, we're really close, actually. I'm close to my siblings and my mom. 
And um, my dad was around semi when I was little, um, but I wasn't his favorite. My sister was his favorite, and he liked my brother. But me, he kind of just put me to the side. And it pretty much started from the moment my mom was pregnant with me. He, um, he wasn't happy that I was a girl. He wanted a boy. From what I was told, obviously, I was a baby, so I don't really know. But um, he did. He would cheat on my mom. He cheated on my mom quite a bit when she was pregnant with me, left her at church to go be with someone else. And that was just the beginning of him being the way he is. He's an alcoholic. And he just did not acknowledge me for what reason. I don't know. Growing up, he would introduce my sister and my brother, but would forget about me. And as a little girl, you know, you want your dad to be there. Like you want this bond with your father. I never got that bond. My sister did, but I didn't. And I feel like that really took a toll on me. So much that I was looking for validation from other, like, as I got older, I was looking for validation and this love that I never got from him with guys, I guess. Were you, uh, were you a scapegoat, uh, when you were a child, everything was blamed on you. And if you, it, oh, you, for it, sure. and, and you, did you speak up more than your other siblings when things were, uh, blamed on you? Oh, yeah. Like, I would just be, like, I'm, they say I'm the wild child because I'm the middle child. Um, he would just blame everything on me. Everything. Well, I'm dyslexic. And he told me, well, you're just not smart enough. You're just lazy. I was literally diagnosed dyslexic. <laughs> like, I have dyslexia. They tested me. And then they found out I have ADHD. And he just told me, no, you just don't know how to pay attention. Or you're lazy. And he would just get so frustrated with me all the time. Or he just, I would ask him to help me with my homework or something. He was just like, no, you're never going to get it. So why bother? And it just, he wanted to hurt me. And I'm like, I'm your kid. Like, as a little girl, you don't want your dad to tell you, you're never going to get it. So what's the point? Like, what child wants to hear that from their parent? And then it was, as he, my parents ended up getting divorced when I was like 13. And it's like, it got worse when they got divorced. Like, he blamed the breakup on me. He said, because I'm so effed up in the head that my mom has to spend more time with me and go to, like, meetings and stuff for my my learning disability and stuff like that, that I caused them to get a divorce. When really he was just off, you know, doing whatever moved because he went both ways. And um, he blamed me. Not my brother or sister, but me. And as I got older, like, I'm already in my teen years, I would still try and get him to want me, like, to be proud of me. So I worked extra hard with school 
made sure I always had like A's and B's. Like I, I was very like, okay, I need to, you know, have good grades. I got into cheerleading. I even got into softball because he loves baseball and he loved watching my sister play. And he was like head coach of her like softball team. So I hated playing baseball or softball, but I did it for him and he never went to a game. He never showed up for a cheerleading, like for a football game where I was cheering or a play that I was in in theater arts. Like I was very active in high school. Like I was always doing something. I had lots of friends, you know. Um, the one who showed up was my mom. But him, he always made an excuse. And, um, I kind of just, instead of focusing on my dad, I decided to, like, you know, just focus on, you know, spending time with my friends and hanging out with, like, them, you know, for the most part. But I still had that, like, you know, emptiness inside of me, that anger inside of me, where I just, I wanted him to love me. And... I guess when I was 17, I had my first real boyfriend. And that's when I started really, like, well, my friends always said I have daddy issues. Because, I mean, I guess that's whenever my choice in men started off not being so good. So when you, so when you were a teenager, your uh, friends recognized that you had issues based upon the people you were dating at that time? Yes. So what were these types that you were getting involved with? If they showed me any kind of attention, like that I was pretty or funny or like, you know, just showing me attention or doing stuff for me, it was just like, oh my gosh, I love this guy. Like not really love this guy, but you know what I mean? Like I was just like, oh, but he's really nice. Um, and they always, in, like, from the moment I was a teenager, very first boyfriend, I just didn't get treated right. And my friends are, like, my best friends, my two best friends, I've known them since I was 13. So they know, like, my whole entire background. I'm still friends with them to this day. They started making it a joke where they're like, well, typical, just dating these horrible guys. You need to be single. Like, just do your own thing. I was just like, yeah, haha, you know, like I would just laugh with them about it. Um, I did end up meeting my son's father after high school. And at this time, I wasn't really talking to my dad anymore. Like I just kind of like pushed him to the back burner. Is, is it fair to say that with your early relationships that you uh, are, what's the best way to put it? Are you falling for the trap of control disguised as love, I think is what I'm looking for. Yes. Where everyone thinks, I care about this, but yet you're dating jealous people who are using this, like, I want your safety and all these things, so tell me where you are all the time. And it seems like it's loving, but uh, all the time it's used as a manipulation tactic to control your movements, where you are, who you're hanging out with. Definitely. A hundred percent. Yes. Well, with my son's father, um, he, he's actually not the crazy one. Um, he was actually a good guy. 
in the beginning. I probably made him crazy. Yeah, no, we actually, um, we were together on and off for seven years, but we were so young. We were like 21 when we met. So he's actually a really good person, hardworking. Um, but we were so young that we were, I don't think we were ready for the type of relationship that we were in, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. We're both immature. And then I had my own daddy issues, like I stated before. And he was actually going through stuff, too. His mom was passing away. So he was going through, you know, some life events as well. So after your uh, official breakup with the father to your child, how are you feeling about yourself you have a newborn or your child's around one years old at that time you mm-hmm. are I guess struggling with um, I'm gonna say uh, my, my guess is you're struggling with self esteem that if mm-hmm. you're if you're good enough for other people is that fair to say or am I putting words in your mouth no you're 100% right because that's exactly how I was feeling um, I just had my son was one he just turned one I just had a miscarriage I was a stay-at-home mom, so I didn't have any income. My son's father was the one bringing in the money because I was at home with the baby. And um, he, I guess, I had gained weight. I was depressed. I just, baby, taking care of a baby, taking care of a house, taking care of him while he was doing other things. And then losing a baby, I was just not in the right state of mind at all. Like I was just very depressed, but I knew that I had to pull myself together for my child. So that's what I did. I pulled myself together. Um, when we did break up, I ended up moving back home with my mom and my stepdad, who I'm very grateful for because my, my parents helped me raise my son for a, a while. Like my son's three. So the first Two years of my son's life. Well, the very first, the first year he was with me, obviously, and his dad. But the next years, my parents helped raise him with me. They're a very huge support system. Um, but I still was so. I had so much low self-esteem about myself. I did not know my worth or anything, and. That actually hurts me to say because, you know, I look at my son and I would just cry. I would literally, like, you know, act like I'm I'm super happy playing with my son. And then, like, he would go to sleep and I would just cry. And be like, all those years wasted with this person who just kind of threw me away and brought somebody else in. So that didn't help either. But again, this is a story about him. He's just the beginning, and he's a great dad. I'm not going to bash him about being a good father because he's amazing. And we co-parent really well. But, I mean, the the first year was hard. So yeah, at this first- point, you are at home. You mm-hmm. are with your mom and your stepdad, you're taking care of your child. 
And are you looking to meet anyone at this point? Are you still kind of trying to find your worth uh, from someone else? Are you uh, actively looking for dating? Or did the person who ended up being your abuser in this story uh, find you? Oh, he found me. Okay. He definitely found me. Um, So do tell. So let's fast forward into, okay, I finally got a job and I'm doing really well. I'm still at home with my parents. And I met my ex-boyfriend, the abuser, through my brother. Um, I was dating someone else prior to, to him. And they actually all know each other. Which, this is really bad, and I would never do this ever. But my ex-boyfriend prior to then, my narc ex-boyfriend, I was dating him. Um, I've known my ex-narc since we were kids. He's He's been best friends with my brother since they were like 14, 15 years old. And he would stay at the house all the time. But I never paid attention to him because I was so busy in my own, my own high school life, you know, cheerleader, softball, theater arts, stuff like that. I didn't pay attention to them. Is he uh, older or younger? He's actually a year younger than I am. And as far as what you knew about him through your brother, were they still very good friends when you met him? And if so, yes. did your brother say anything bad about him or about no. his character? Or is your brother uh, oblivious to that side of my him? Brother, my brother is very oblivious. Like he's... He's in his, like, he likes to see the good in people. And my brother and I were very close, like very, very close. So close. We have matching tattoos. Um, like when I told him that I was dating my ex, Mark, um, he was all for it. He's like, yeah, y'all just be good to each other. Like, I'm not going to hold y'all back. It's cool. Cause I get to hang out with my best friend and I get to hang out with my sister. And uh, my brother's in the Coast Guard, so it's like when he comes home, he has to always split his time. So he likes that, you know, one of his best friends and his sister, because he always makes time to see me when he visits, uh, that he could kill two birds with one stone pretty much. So he liked the idea of it. And um, like I said, I never noticed him in high school. And I was dating this other guy prior to him. And the guy you were seeing prior to him, eventually you broke up with him and you were living far away. Yeah. And at that point, uh, you needed someone to help you get your stuff back from where you were living in the city back to uh, your parents' place. And that's where your new boyfriend and the abuser steps in. Well, uh, that conversation started, I, I want to say like eight o'clock in the evening and it lasted till five o'clock in the morning. It went from talking about getting my furniture from a city that was two hours away to pretty much us catching up about like when we were younger and talking about our kids and just 
you know, him talk because I draw and stuff. And he's like, yeah, I never knew you could draw like that. Like your, your artwork is really good. Cause I posted on Facebook or I did cause I'm actually off Facebook, but, um, he was just like, you're so talented. I never knew you were so talented. And, um, then he'd bring up like how funny I was and how pretty I was. And it just like, and then he would talk about like, you know, how he loves being there for his daughter because he has a 10 year old. And, um, he was talking about the, his daughter's mom and how, you know, she's crazy. And then he brought up his current ex-girlfriend who was also crazy. And again, now I know that these are red flags when everybody's crazy. I know this now, but me, I was like, so I don't know. Well, right, right here. It's your first conversation with him in, in a a very, very long time. You don't really remember Mm -hmm. him that great growing up, even though he was around your home a lot and your family helped him. But right away, he, his form of love bombing is uh, offering to help you and, mm-hmm. you know, feeding into your uh, low self-worth and, uh, I guess, need for love at the time. You're enjoying the attention. You're enjoying all the nice things that he's saying mm-hmm. about you. And then he's talking about his crazy exes, which probably gets you into a mode of feeling bad for him and being on his side. How could people be mean to you you're the nice you're so nice to me right now so Mm -hmm. all that is playing in right now and there's a love bombing trust building stage with the victim playing and on your side you're you're liking the attention oh yeah definitely like i was like oh my gosh how can they be like that towards you well i knew like his daughter's mom was kind of crazy because they were dating in high school. He got her pregnant, like, at 19. Um, and she doesn't come from, like, the best family either. But I didn't know too much since, like, you know, we're older already, you know. And um, he was just telling me, well, yeah, we're getting along now, but she's still kind of crazy. And then he brought up the ex-girlfriend. I didn't even ask about her, but. He brought her up, and he was just saying, like, yeah, she went on this vacation, like, pretty much like a honeymoon with some other guy, and while I was at home working, and, you know, she just, she would text other guys and all this stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of horrible. Like, that's really bad. I'm sorry to hear that. Like you said, like, I felt bad for him, and I loved the attention that he was giving me. And again, he wanted to help me get my stuff from a city that was two hours away, which was nice. And I thought was kind of weird, too, at the same time, because I'm like, um, we haven't talked in so long and you're wanting to help me. Well, we ended up hanging out, like, I'm, I want to say, like, maybe two weeks after that. I mean, there were some weird moments, though, too, now that I think about it, where, like, he wouldn't message me back and he would say, oh, yeah. Because he's a mechanic. So he was like, yeah, I had, you know, so many cars I had to finish or whatever. Uh, I got home and I went to sleep. And it was like 8 o'clock. 
after like, you know, six o'clock or whatever, he would stop texting me. Now I find that fishy, but at the time I was like, oh, okay. Like I was so blind by it. Like I was blind. I was so blind by him. Like it was like, I saw no red flags at all. Cause I mean, I'm pretty sure if someone is like your conversation is from like seven o'clock in the morning all day and then stops at like six when he gets off of work and then starts back up at seven. So you would think something's wrong, right? Yeah. So, so what other things happened in the trust building and the love bombing stage to eventually get you hooked on him? Um, well, he started liking, like, carting all of my pictures on Facebook, and he would take a screenshot of every, like, Snapchat I would send him or from my stories and stuff, and he would just, like, like you're so beautiful, like, I'm... I can't believe, like, you know, you talk to me and I never thought, like, even in high school when we went to high school and stuff, like, you would ever talk to me because we were in two different crowds. And I was just like, uh, I've never been that person. I get along with everybody. But he would just, like, tell me the nicest things. And then he would ask about my son and be like, how's he doing? And uh, he's so cute. Like, you're such a good mom. And, you know, like, just building my confidence up and you know making me feel good about myself and making me feel really pretty and then like I said we finally met up in person that's when the real love bombing started like in person like it was intense from the first time we hung out together we decided to go um get a drink at a karaoke bar because I actually love karaoke and um so I had suggested this place. Well, he doesn't have a car. He only has a motorcycle. So I picked him up. And um, he puts on, he asked if he could, like, put music on in my car. And it was stuff that I actually liked because I'm big on music. And um, so is he. He plays guitar and he sings. And his my brother and him, like, they used to be in a band together. So I feel like he was just, like, studying my profile at this point <laughs> because, like, he put on one of my favorite bands, which is, like, Fall Out Boy. And um, he was kind of like, oh, you like this band? I was like, yeah, it's, like, one of my favorite bands. He was like, oh, that's so crazy. Like, you know, like, kind of just, like, he knew what to say. He knew what to play the moment he got in my car. So uh, may I ask one question? Um, mm-hmm. uh, I apologize for interrupting. So how old are you at this time uh, when this was happening? Oh, I'm 30. Okay, it's, so you're 30. So yeah, are you of the generation, you have an open Facebook or you have an open Instagram for him to look at everything and you don't have any privacy settings at all? No, I do have privacy okay. privacy settings because of my son, but we were already friends on oh, Facebook. Oh, you were already friends on Facebook. Yes. So, okay. yeah, like he, and at this time, um, I've always been, I'm like an open book, like, you ask me a question, I'm going to tell you, and I'll be straight up with you. I, I've always been that way. 
I have a very bubbly, out there personality. I've always been outspoken and outgoing. I'm not a shy person. Um, and I post a lot, or I did. I, I post, I would post a lot on Facebook. And you're a big fan of Pete Wentz. I actually am not. I only know one guy in the band. I got the wrong <laughs> no, one. No, I love the main singer. His vocals are so amazing. And that's why I'm a big Fallout Boy fan um, because of Patrick. I'm not a fan of Pete. I don't know why, but I'm not. Um, no, but it's like one of my favorite bands. I've loved Fall Boys since like high school. Um, Have you gone to like the Vans Warped Tour? No, but I went to one of their concerts and it was so amazing because I got on my son's father's shoulders and I got to touch Patrick's hand. <laughs> I was like in heaven. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best day of my life. And like, he was just like, okay, can you get off my shoulders now? And I'm small. Like I'm, I'm super short girl. Like, and I'm not, I'm, I'm a petite girl. So I was just like, get over it. I just touched Patrick's hand. But, um, how long, uh, how many days did you go until you washed that hand? I don't even remember, but he told me it was time for me to wash the hand. I didn't want to. I would have to say maybe like three days. I was like, I, I was so like in shock from just touching Patrick's hand. But that guy can sing, <laughs> and I love his lyrics. So I, I don't. I'm huge on music, and I've loved him since I was like. I want to say 14 years old. Um, yeah. Well, I, I apologize to everyone out there for railroading this conversation. It went into the I know, for a second. So anyway, Fall Boys are really good bands. So, so, so uh, back, back to your story. You're in this phase right now where you're being mirrored because he is uh, able to see your whole entire Facebook. He knows everything about mm-hmm. you, knows all of your likes and dislikes, knows exactly what to do, what to say, and that hooks you in even further um, yeah. and, and, you know, and the other thing that also happened is, you know, pointing out that you're a good mom, you know, besides mm-hmm. that's maybe the first male in your life that is pointing out good, uh, things, uh, about you, you being smart and things along those lines, which kind of feeds into, uh, what's going on here. Yeah. I mean, he even went as far as to like, there's, there's some lady selling flowers in this bar, right? And I'm obsessed with sunflowers. I love them. They're so pretty. And um, I never told him my favorite flower, ever. And uh, this lady had this huge, like, sunflower. Like, again, I'm short. So, like, it was, like, pretty much the size of me. And, um... He calls the lady over and he's like, can I have that sunflower? How much for that sunflower? And um, she tells him, I don't remember how much it was, but um, he pulls out a big old wad of money. I'm like, what the hell? Who has so much money? Like, don't you have a bank account? Which he does, but I just found it weird because I don't even like carrying money. You know, I don't like carrying cash. But he just pulled it out and he 
gets me this huge sunflower and like he's just started taking pictures of me with the sunflower in the bar and again I'm not a shy person so I was there taking pictures of the sunflower and um Again, like I looked at him, I go, "How do you know I love sunflowers?" He was just like, "I don't know. You just look like you you'd be somebody to love sunflowers. Like you're just so you have like this bright personality." I was like, "Oh, oh my gosh, you're so sweet!" Like you know, at this moment, I was like literally falling for this guy. Like, so is that the moment I, you're you're hooked right there? Yeah, like I was hooked. Like I'm telling you, like I was just like. Oh my gosh. Well, we ended up kissing that night and I was even, I felt like I felt sparks. Like I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is like somebody I've always wanted. Someone who like actually listens to me and what I'm talking about and, um, cares about my interests and likes the same things I like. And you already knew like stuff about me, you know? And, and, and he's he, vouched for kids. He's vouched for because you are, uh, he's known your brother, you know, for Mm -hmm. a very long time. So there's no reason not to trust him because no one has said anything else at this point. So after all of this happens, uh, I guess, was there a little bit more of a honeymoon period before devaluation started? And when did that uh, devaluation process uh, start to begin? Well, we actually ended up, I think, we went on a couple more dates. Um, actually, we didn't really date. Like, we just went into a relationship. After that, like, I spent the night at his house, and it was like I never left. Um, I ended up moving in three months later, which is really, really fast. He met my son fast, which is also not a very good thing. Um, he introduced his daughter to me really fast. I was going to wait to introduce him to my son. So, but, so you move in at the three month mark. Does mm-hmm. your uh, mom or stepdad or anyone say to you or your friends say, you know, this is really quick? Or are they like, okay, this makes sense? Well, I kept it from them. Oh, how did you how did you keep it from them <laughs> if you were living with them at the time? I didn't tell anybody. Only my mom and my stepdad knew. Okay, but your friend, no one else, your friends had no idea. Nobody else knew because I knew they were going to talk crap about about it. Like, I didn't want them to talk crap about it. So I kept it a secret. And I even told my mom, do not tell my sister. I was supposed to say her name. Um, Don't tell my sister about it. And because my sister is very opinionated and she's like mama bear number two. Um, my brother and I call her Mama Bear number two because she actually helped my mom raise us until my stepdad came in when I was 15. Um, so she, she's just one of those people who she's going to look out for my best interest. And then she's also going to say, like, I don't approve of you moving in with this guy. You just got out of a relationship. Now you're with somebody else. And then you just moved in. Like, she would have gotten mad at me. So I told my mom, don't tell her. So I just my mom wasn't a fan either at that time either. So like I, I just want to point out for people who are listening because this kind of will play into later in the story in the aftermath of everything. You know, right here you're feeling judged, 
and Mm -hmm. you don't want other people to kind of know what you're going through. But at the same time, do you feel like you might not be fully understood by your friends and in everyone at this time? Because eventually uh, down the road, which we'll, uh, we'll get to, you know, you won't be understood for what actually had transpired in the relationship. So like right now, right here, do you feel misunderstood as a person? Oh, for sure. Like I felt like they're going to think I was crazy for moving in with somebody that I just started dating. And I just didn't want them to be like, well, you're moving your son with you, obviously, because he's with me all the time into another man's home. And I just didn't want criticism. So I kept it a secret. And I'm surprised I could because I talk a lot and, like, I blabber things out. But that I kept a secret. I mean, we were Facebook official, of course, but we didn't tell anybody we lived together. And the the worst part of it is it's, like, he had roommates in a one-bedroom apartment. So I was living with three guys and my son. All in, all in a one-bedroom apartment? All in a one-bedroom apartment. Like, it was like, a, it's like a loft. So it's like an upstairs, which our room was the upstairs. And his two friends would sleep on, one of his friends had a futon, and the other one would sleep on the couch. Where did your son and sleep? And then there dogs. With me. I co-sleep. So regardless where I'm at, like, we had a king-size bed. And it'd be my ex, me, and my son next to me. Yeah, like, my kid sleeps with me all the time since he was a baby. I think that's more my fault because I like him being next to me all the time. But, um, yeah, so we're all these people in a one-bedroom apartment. And, I mean, the beginning, it was fine like we got along really well we laughed all the time like it was like he was like another me pretty much like we just flowed really well together um and then out of nowhere just changed probably like everything started in june i want to say like may yeah, it, we started talking in May. We got serious. Well, I got serious in June. I want to say he did. Um, I, after our first time hanging out, like, two weeks later, maybe not even two weeks later, we were a couple. I met his daughter, like, within a week, and then he met my son. And we moved in together probably a lot sooner than three months. Like, we moved in together really fast. It was too fast. And um, I want to say in, I want to say, like, August, he, um, his daughter's mom kept the daughter away from him. And wrote me this long, ugly message because she found out, like, that we were together. She didn't know I was living with him um, or staying there every night. 
because I don't think I moved in yet, but I was staying there every night. So pretty much I was living with them. She wrote me this long message on Facebook. Um, pretty much like just saying I was a stupid girl that I don't know this guy the way she knows this guy. And he's just going to make me look like a fool. And that I'm not even pretty and she thinks I'm retarded for even being with him and that he's not a good father and that I'm stupid to think like he's going to be good to my son. Um, just all these awful things, right? So I, I show my ex the, this long, horrible message and um, he's like, she's crazy. She's jealous of you. It's because you're a good person, you're a good mom, like, and she's jealous of you. She's, she's a nobody. I was like, I wouldn't say she's a nobody. Like, you know, that's still the mother of your child. And I'm not going to disrespect her. So I didn't write back. Because I just, I just blocked her, which made her even more mad. And he told me, well... She's not going to let me see my daughter now because you blocked her. So it's pretty much your fault that I'm not getting to see my daughter. So is this the first moment where you are being blamed for something that was not your fault at all right there? Yep. That was the very first time he ever blamed me for anything. And it's an interesting moment to do that just because here is his uh, ex who he's called crazy. It feeds into the belief uh, that you have, that she is crazy. So you're both kind of on a team against her. So you're kind of on a team mm-hmm. and then he's blaming you for something. And now all of a sudden, are you thinking when he says that, like, oh my God, it is my fault? Oh yeah. Like I, I started to feel horrible about it to where I unblocked her. And then she messaged me again. I guess she was stalking my profile to see if I would unblock her. Cause like right away she, um, I even told him, I'm like, well, I unblocked her. Maybe I'll, I'm going to write. I'm, I want to write her a message and just like, I'm sorry that you don't know me or like we got off on the wrong foot. Like I, I literally wrote out a message to send to her on my notes saying like, you know, we got off on the wrong foot because that's just how I am. I'm, I'm, I hate drama. I don't like it. And I didn't want that relationship with my my boyfriend's daughter's mom, you know, Mm -hmm. I wanted us to all be civil. Well, I didn't get a chance to do that because then she wrote me back saying, you stupid bit. Um, who blocks and then unblocks? Ha ha. You're effing clown. Like you are so stupid and you're ugly. You have to use filters. Like you're so horrible. I'm like, we're not even talking about my looks girl. Like, okay. Um, like, I don't know what you want me to say to that. So I didn't, again, I didn't write back. I showed him. And he's just like, just leave it alone already. Like, you don't just stop, like, reading her messages. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not even the one messaging her. It's her messaging me. But again, it was my fault. After that, it it started to get worse. At the time, I didn't realize he had a drinking problem because I saw him as perfect. And I remember telling him. Early on, he told me, like, we were drinking, and he 
before he, like, you know, accused me of, like, it being my fault that he wasn't seeing his daughter, he had told me, he's like, I'm going to marry you one day. Like, I know I'm going to marry you. You are so perfect for me. That was another thing I forgot to mention earlier. Like, right away he told me he, he wanted to marry me. And that was perfect. And that he just wanted to take care of me and my son. And us just all be a family. And again, I thought that was kind of weird because I'm like, oh, we just started dating. But again, I was so blinded. Like, I was like, oh, okay. You know? And um, he he would just, like, pick me up and hug me and kiss me. And he just showed me so much attention. Like, I remember telling him, you're, like, just one of the sweetest guys I've ever dated. Like, you're so sweet. Like, and I ended up telling him back, I love you. And then he looked at me. I'll never forget the look on his face with this stupid smirk on his face. But his eyes were just, like, lifeless. He looks at me, and he's just smirking, and he goes, I'm an asshole. He's like, I'm not a good person. I go, I remember looking at him, and I'm like, yeah, but you're really good to me. Like, maybe you're mean to other people. I don't know. And at that time, I was like, no, I think you're great. Like, you're you're a good person. I wish you could see what I see in you. He's like, just wait and see. And I'll never forget the look on his face. Like, even talking about it now, like, I remember exactly the look that he had given me when he told me that. Let me go back to that one night where we, um, he really lashed out at me. We were drinking, and then he turned to me, and he's like, it's your fault. I didn't even say anything. Like, I was just, you know, on the couch watching, like, TV or whatever with his friends. And um, he's like, it's your fault. I go, what's my fault? And he's like, that I don't get to see my daughter. And I look at him, I go, what? He's like, if you would have never blocked a crazy bitch-ass mom, I would still get to see my daughter. But because of you, I don't get to see my daughter. He's like, it's all your fault. He's like, I don't even know what we're doing together because I don't get to see my daughter. And I just, I didn't know what to say. And so I go upstairs and, um, I was getting some clothes together because I was like, you know what, I'm not going to take this. Like, I'm just going to go to my, my best friend's house. He runs upstairs, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to cut. You're allowed to swear. Um, okay. So he was like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I'm just going to get some clothes, and I'm going to go to so-and-so's house. He's like, why? Oh, you're over here yelling at me for... No reason. He's like, no, there's a reason. Because of you, I don't get to see my daughter. I go, okay, well, you're bringing it up, and I, it's not my fault that your child's mom doesn't want you to see her because of me. I go, I never even talked to this this girl ever before. And like I said, we all know each other from when we were kids, and apparently he said that... His daughter's mom saying that I talked ugly about her when we were kids. I'm like, I don't talk about anybody. 
I've, her name's never left my mouth. What y'all did when y'all were kids is none of my business. I wasn't even worried about y'all when we were all kids. Like, you're my brother's friend. That's all you were to me. Whatever you did back then did not concern me. I didn't care. Well, he's like, well, she hates you for it. She thinks that you're talking crap about her. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is teenage shit. Like, I don't even want to deal with this. Well, then he takes my bag and throws it. He's like, if you leave, then I'm blocking you, and we're never going to talk again. And I just stood there quiet, and I was crying because I didn't know what I did wrong, but I felt like it was my fault. And um, I go, okay. So I just went to bed. I didn't leave. I should have left, but I didn't leave Um, because I didn't want him to block me. I like the thought of him not being with me hurt me so bad that I just went to sleep. And then we woke up the next morning and uh, it was like nothing ever happened. So during this time, um, you know, the devaluation process has, has begun. Are, is, is, how, is, how is your son being treated in this time by him? So, and this story gets kind of difficult to talk about. As a single parent, you want the person that you're with to love your child. I thought, man, I'm lucky I found somebody who's going to want to, like, you know, parent with me. Because, like, he was like, you know, when we're older, like, he would bring up, like, the future to me. Like, yeah, I, I can't wait to grow up. And, you know, like, I want to help you with him and help you raise him and stuff. I want to be cool with his dad and all this stuff, right? he starts to like act different towards my son. So my, um, my ex and my son, they would, you know, play fight and wrestle and stuff. And at first, like it was very harmless and it wasn't so intense, but there was one day where like my ex actually had my son in tears. Like he was like, he had him in a certain hold when they were play fighting to where my son was like, stop, it's hurting me. And my ex was like, stop being a pussy, pretty much. And I I was in the kitchen, I came out, and I was like, excuse you? Like, you know, I got kind of, I was mad. And um, I grabbed my son from him, and my son was just like, that hurt. Why did you do that? And he was like, I'm sorry. I didn't know it hurt you. And my son was just like, okay, well, don't do it again. And that was just like the start of like pretty much like abuse towards my son. Because after that, he started calling my son names. Like little big head. Or he would say that he was being a pussy. Um, that he was going to grow up to be a wimp. And then he started saying stuff about my son's dad that my son's a pussy because his dad is also one and that his dad wasn't a good dad. Like he just all of a sudden just started like just 
being mean. And how old is your son? son? How, how old is your son at this time? My son's three. He's still three. He's barely so going to turn he, four. So, so he's three years old and he's doing that to a three mm-hmm. uh, to four year old. Yeah. Like he was calling him names and saying that he was going to be a little bitch when he got older and that my son would end up getting beat up because um, of how he acts and stuff. And again, my son is very friendly and he loves people. He has very, like, he has my personality where he just loves to be around people and talks a lot. And I don't know, like, it, it's weird how my son, he would act when we were in this place, like, in this apartment. Because he started misbehaving and trying to, like, he didn't want to listen at one point. And at first, my ex didn't spank him or anything like that well then he started threatening to spank him and um there was one time where he did spank him and it was hard and I go what the hell is wrong with you do not touch him never touch my son like it it, it got bad to where my son told his dad that he didn't like my ex-boyfriend and uh, my my son's father came in. He talked to me about it. And I was just like, well, they play fight. But I started giving my son to my, my son's dad a lot after that. At this time, like how far into your relationship are you? And, you know, when, I guess, is, uh, are there more like devaluations that are going on, more abuse that takes place that is different than kind of what's happening now? And, and what's the kind of like the beginning of the end uh, to the relationship? Mm-hmm. This was probably like five, four or five months in, mm-hmm. um, before the holidays. This started before the holidays. And again, like I was letting my son go with either his dad or my mom. And, um, of course I wanted my son with me, but I knew this wasn't the right place for him. I didn't like how he was being treated, but again, I was like, I was stuck like glue. I couldn't. I couldn't leave. Every time I tried to leave, he would like suck me back in and just like, no, I love you or whatever. Um, there was one time where I did try to leave slowly. I went to my parents and I told him, I told my ex that I was just going to go over and spend the night because I had a doctor's appointment early in the morning and I didn't want to take my son uh, all the way to my mom because she lives like 45 minutes away from where we're at. I didn't want to have to take my son to her and then drive all the way back into town and um, go to my doctor's appointment. So I was just going to spend the night with her. But I had taken extra stuff because I wanted to slowly move out. And um, he, he told me, like, he's like, don't do this. Like, I know what you're doing. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're trying to leave me. I'm like, um, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I just, I just, I'm going to my mom's because I have a doctor's appointment. He's like, okay. He's like, well, I saw like, you know, you took like extra clothes for you and, uh, you and your son. And, um, he's like, can we talk about this? I'm like, you know, every time we try and talk about a problem, every time we have an argument, you turn it around on me or like you make it seem like it's my fault. 
He's like, no, I don't. You just don't listen. I go, it's either it's my fault or you just kind of make it to where we don't talk about it at all. Like, and then the next day we wake up and everything's fine. He was like, no, he's like, come on, come home. We'll talk about this. And, you know, um, just come home. So I talked to my mom. I'm like, well, I mean, can my son stay here? And I'll, um, I'm going to go home. And she's like, yeah, that's fine. Well, I call my ex and I tell him, hey, I'm on my way home. He's like, right now? I'm like, yeah, I'm almost, I'm going to get, I'll be home like in like 15 minutes. Like, you want to talk? Then we can talk. And he's like, no. He's like, maybe you should stay at your mom's. I'm like, you just begged me to come home. He's like, yeah, well, I'm not there right now. I'm still at work. I'm like, you just told me that you're going home right now. And he told me, no, um, I'm not there yet. I go, okay, well, you're acting like if I don't have a key to our apartment. He's like, no, I changed the lock. Or the locks were changed today. I go, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, they changed the locks, and only I have the key to the, the new locks. So you can't go home because, like, you're not going to have a way to get in. I'm like, that makes no sense. What are you talking about? And why didn't you tell me that they're changing the locks? He's like, I don't know. I was busy at work. And then I'm having to deal with you, like, going through, like, all these emotions or whatever. He's like, just go to your mom's, and I'll tell you when you come home. And normally, I would still go over there and see what was going on. But I don't know. Like, I I listened. Like a little puppy, I listened. I, I turned around. I went to my mom. And when he told me to come back home, I drove back home 45 minutes. I was almost at the apartment, and I turned around to go back to my mom. And then, like, maybe, like, 15, 20 minutes later, he was like, okay, you can come home now. And there I was, like a little puppy turned back around to go home. And now that, you know, I'm out of the situation, it's like I I look back and I feel stupid because I'm more than sure there was somebody there. Because I also found, like, maybe, like, two weeks later, I found a shirt that wasn't mine. And it definitely wasn't his daughter's. But I knew that shirt wasn't mine. And he tried to tell me it was his daughter's. And, um... I believed him, even though I didn't want to believe him. I just didn't, I didn't want to, like, know that I I was right. And that's whenever he started to, after that, that's when he, we were public on Facebook. And then one day, he went to single out of nowhere. Like, it was like, one minute we're in a relationship the next he's single. So I questioned him. I go, why does it say that you're single on Facebook? He, he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, it says that you're single on Facebook. And, um, none of our pictures are showing up. And he looks at me. He's like, oh. he's like, someone must've hacked my account. I go, what? And he's like, yeah. He's like, someone must have hacked my account. I go, well, does somebody have your 
Like, who would want to hack your account? Like, you never even post anything. And who the heck are you? But he's like, no, it's my ex-girlfriend. She's the only one who has my information. And that's another thing, too. He had pictures of his ex-girlfriend, so that bothered me. And I would ask him, like, to take them down, and he, he wouldn't. He would keep them. And he was like, well, if we broke up, I would still keep them because I don't believe in deleting anything. And um, I I would just let it go. Well, he ended up having that he was single for, like, a good month on Facebook until I finally said, you know what, I'm going to leave because you're obviously single. Like, I... I'm just going to let you be single. So he ended up claiming that he was back in a relationship with me until, like, he took it off again out of nowhere. Things got worse in, like, the during the holidays. And this was around the holidays when he started doing stuff to his Facebook. He made it to where I couldn't see anything on his Facebook, like pictures, his status. It was like he blocked me completely from his Facebook and blamed it on somebody else and told me I was crazy. But the only thing, the only things that I could see on his Facebook were pictures of him and his ex-girlfriend and pictures of his daughter. Everything else I can see, like new posts, anything like that. And he told me, he's like, I don't know what happened. Like someone hacked my my Facebook and I can't fix it. And I was just like, I believed him like a dummy. I believed him. Holidays came or whatever. We're in December and we're picking out gifts for the kids and we divide it. Like we both pay half, like we get the kids a lot of gifts. And then I ended up getting him like a brand new guitar and um, guitars are not cheap. And he asked me what I wanted. And I said, oh, maybe a purse or something. Like, And he was just, or I said like an Apple Watch or a, a purse or something. I didn't, I didn't know what to say. Right. And um, he's like, oh, okay. He's like, well, if that's what you want, that's what, I'll get you that. Christmas comes around, Christmas Day. Everybody's opening up gifts. He opens up his gifts. And um, he loves his new guitar and everything. Well, turns out he didn't get me anything for Christmas. So everybody's opening up gifts. And um, let me remind you, like, his friends are there, too. He made sure to get his roommate something, which I actually helped pay for. And... um, so his his friends got stuff. Everybody got something but me. And uh, that's whenever he started to, oh, yeah, and he also withheld, like, intimacy from me months at a time. But this time it wasn't just the intimacy. Like, it was he went full-on silent mode with me. He he's just stopped talking to me. He, it was like I was in the room. I was sitting next to him, and he wouldn't look at me. He wouldn't talk to me. He wouldn't acknowledge me. But then when his friends would walk in, he would acknowledge them, and he would talk to them. 
it was just like I was nobody. So I started questioning. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you talking to me? And he just, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, you're not talking to me. I'm sitting right here. Like, he just felt cold. But when someone would come into the room, he was just like alive again. But me, it was like if I disgusted him. Like he would, he wouldn't kiss me. He wouldn't hug me. He wouldn't look at me. He would let me like go to sleep by myself. He wouldn't go to bed sometimes till six o'clock in the morning. Then he started hiding his phone from me. Or he would go to, uh, he would say he was going somewhere like to pick up like money because he did side jobs, but then wouldn't return for a while. And it just got to a point where I felt like I was going crazy. Well, then he blamed it on him being an alcoholic and that his brain is just so foggy and he needed time to himself. Well, I didn't want, I mean, I didn't want my son around that. So I decided to go to my friend's house and I told him, I go, I'm just going to give you space and I'm going to go to my friend's house. Well, that night, I kind of told my friends the gist of what was what had been going on for the past few months or the past six months, seven months. And they're looking at me like I'm crazy and telling me, why don't you leave him? And I couldn't give them an answer. I didn't know why I couldn't leave him. I didn't know why I felt so addicted to where if, I left, I was going to lose my, my shit. And, um, they're just like, you're, you're dumb. Leave him. He's not treating you right. And I, I didn't have an answer for them on why I couldn't leave. Um, which made me feel even more crazy and insane. Well, then he stopped texting me and we're still together at this time. We hadn't broken up. And, um, but he wasn't texting me and I was staying at my friend's house for a good week. And I would text him and ask him like, well, when can I come home? And he's just like, I just don't need time. Like, aren't you giving me space? And I'm just like, um, Oh, okay. Like, I guess I'm still giving you space. Well, I guess that's when I finally just told him I can't do this anymore. I don't, I think another week went by and I just said I couldn't do it anymore. Like he was playing head games with me and I felt like I was going crazy because I would text him every day. I love you. I miss you. And he would just like, oh, okay. Or how was your day? Like he wouldn't tell me back that he loved me or missed me or anything like that. And, um, so I ended it. Like I broke up with him. And this time he actually let me break up with him. Well, four days after we broke up, we were still texting each other or whatever. And he had told me, he's like, we were never going to work. And I asked him why. He was just like, because you cheated on me. I'm like, what? I never cheated on you. He's like, yeah, you did. When you went out with the girls that one time. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, you cheated on me. I know you did. And I was no, I didn't. But 
whatever, we're not together anymore. Like, I'm not even going to deal with you and your accusations or, like, you blaming something on me. And um, he just started going off on me. So I stopped texting him, like, completely. Because he was just calling me every name in the book. He was telling me I was a cunt, a bitch, a whore, a slut, and I was pathetic and retarded. And um, I told him, you know what, whatever, and I just ignored him. Well, then we were broken up. So he, uh, four days later, he posted a, a picture on Snapchat of another girl. And he tells me, by the way, I have a new, like, I'm talking to somebody else. And he's like, do you know her or something? And I was like, yeah, I do know her. We're on the same cheer squad in high school. He knew I knew her. The girl liked our pictures, actually, on Facebook. And this is now his current girlfriend. So he discarded me for someone else, but then he was keeping my furniture from me. I was in his apartment because, again, I moved out. I, like, moved in with my friend at this time, and he pretty much, like, wouldn't let me get my furniture after being with somebody else. So I pretty I had to tell him that I was going to call the police if he didn't let me get my stuff. So my, he finally let me get my things from the apartment because I told him, I go, I'm moving into my own place. Like, I ended up getting my own apartment. No roommates or anything. It's just me and my son. I told him, I need my furniture because I'm moving into my own apartment. And um, I would like to furnish it. So he finally let me get it after two weeks of begging him to let me get my furniture. And as my brother-in-law is, like, helping me because he's the only person that I had to help me move my stuff, him and my mom, they were getting everything out of the apartment, and I was getting everything I had bought, like knives, pots, pans, all the little stuff, too. Like, I had bought so much for this apartment. And um, he, my brother-in-law and my mom, they're out of the apartment and that's like at first he was very like welcoming like he's like hey he's talking to me like we were on good terms and saying you know I'm doing really good in work and like he's all about himself by the way like he's always like having to make himself look better than everybody else he's always having money in his pocket always like you know I'm better than everybody kind of person so he's telling me he's doing great at work and he's making lots of money and he's doing this and that well my brother-in-law and my mom are out of the apartment, and then that's when he's like, you're such a petty bitch. You're so petty, You're you're and you're pathetic. He's like, your son deserves a better mom, and you're not going to amount to anything. Like, he's just, like, letting me have it. And he's like, and, you know, I'm glad I moved on with so-and-so because, like, we're happy, and she's good to me, and she's better than me. I mean, better than you and all this stuff. And I'm like, 
wow, okay, I'm not even a bad person, but okay. Like, he was just telling me I was a bad person and I was petty and I was bitch and all this other stuff. Well, I'm like, okay, well, have a good life, I guess. Like, bye. Well, then later that night, he ended up texting me, telling me that I had left clothes. I go, okay, throw them away. I don't even, he's like, but they're nice clothes. I'm like, I don't need them. It was fine. I have plenty of clothes. And, um, because I feel like he was holding on to my furniture so he could still have a piece to hold against me. Because he would not let me get my furniture. And so finally I got it. And then he had the clothes. And I was just like, no, you can have that. Throw it away. I don't care. Um, and he still tries to get a hold of me. I'm doing no contact at this point. And it's still really hard. Okay, so uh, the relationship now here is over. You mm-hmm. um, broke up with him, but in a way you were kind of discarded here at the same time. And mm-hmm. you're now in the thick of things with uh, still being trauma-bonded to him, and you're having a difficult time. Um, so what has kind of been going on with you on a day-to-day basis, are you stuck in your head? Are mm-hmm. you uh, constantly cycling through things? Uh, are you angry uh, about what has happened? Are you uh, grieving? And uh, how have you been coping? So when everything first started, like, I felt, I've always felt like I was, like, this pocket full of sunshine, very bubbly, happy person. Towards the end of the relationship, I started feeling like I was a gray rock. I looked at myself in the mirror, didn't even recognize myself. I was someone who always did my hair and makeup every day. Um, I've always taken really good care of myself. And towards the end of the relationship, I I couldn't even recognize who I was. I didn't do my hair. I didn't do my makeup. Like I just felt like a rock. Like, he literally sucked every bit of light that I had inside of me out. All of it. Gone. So I felt numb. And I cried a lot in the beginning. And I still missed him, even though, like, you know, he was with somebody else. And then I I ended up getting my own place, which was a confident boost for me because, you know, I had I hadn't done that for myself since my son's father and I split up. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, this was something for me and my son. No roommate, no boyfriend, nothing. It was just doing it on my own. So that was a big confident boost for me. Um, I started going to church, so that helped, too, me going back to church because he's a non-believer. I am. I pretty much left my faith behind when I was with him. Um, So I started going back to church. And that's another compliment. And as far as, you know, um, feeling uh, down or like you're not able to talk to your friends about what's going on. They don't understand what you've been through. They have no, you know, they think. They don't want to hear about it. Yeah. And they think it was just a bad breakup. They don't understand Mm -hmm. um, 
kind of what you had to deal with, what your son had to deal with. And, you know, at that point, you know, you've turned to the internet to kind of figure out mm-hmm. what was, what happened. So, you know, within that search, have you started to feel better, uh, about, oh, yeah. uh, yourself what since that happened? Yeah. Yeah. I actually didn't know what a narcissist was until TikTok. <laughs> um, I was on TikTok and they were talking about, um, narcissist abuse and they were describing everything that my ex did to me and I was like so I'm not alone this doesn't just happen like you're not just dumped out of nowhere with no explanation or you're not you know being like he literally withheld intimacy with me like he wouldn't touch me or he just wouldn't talk to me I was like, oh, so this happens to other people? And then I found the podcast here because I went deeper. I started doing research, and then I was just like, I love hearing podcasts. And I was like, well, maybe there's something on, you know, uh, like a podcast or whatever. And then I found this one. I started listening to some of the the stories on here on this podcast and that has been such a huge um, impact on me because I didn't feel so alone because my friends, they just told me, you sound bitter. You sound like just a bitter girlfriend. Like every ex-girlfriend calls their boyfriend a narcissist or something. I don't know. He really is. And like, then I heard myself talking. I was just like, you don't understand because you've never been in this. You've never been addicted to someone. And it's sad to say now because now I know I was addicted to him and I still kind of am because I still miss him. And I have to tell myself, no, he was bad to you. He was bad to your son. He's never going to change. And even if I try telling the girl that he's with now, she's not going to listen to me because in all honesty, I'm pretty sure the crazy baby mama was trying to warn me, not in a very nice way, but you know what I mean? Like she Mm -hmm. gave me that warning in the beginning of our relationship, she literally said, you don't know him. You know nothing about him. He's not going to be good to you or your son. He wasn't there for our daughter. He's a liar, a cheater. He does all this stuff. Like she, that mean message was literally her warning me and I didn't see it. And as far as, your healing process outside of the relationship when it comes to uh, putting your self-worth back inside yourself and not getting it from other people. Is that something you're going to kind of take a step uh, forward with uh, down the road after you've kind of finished processing uh, what actually transpired in full here? Definitely. Um, I've pretty much isolated myself. I'm not on social media at all. I mean, I have TikTok, but I don't post anything on it. I just like to watch the videos. And um, I just took myself completely off social media, like 100%. Um, I don't talk to anybody except, like, my friends and my close, like, my close friends and family. But I try not to talk to them about my ex because they don't like hearing it. 
So when I do feel like I'm going to have a withdrawal, and this is crazy to say because I've never been addicted to anything, um, I listen to a podcast or I will watch stuff on TikTok, either inspirational um, or something that has to do with someone being abused the way I was. Because it reminds me that I'm worth so much more than what I was treated. But again, like today, I had an urge to text him. But I have him down as narc on my phone. So every time I see narc, I'm like, don't do it. You know? Because I haven't gotten to that point yet where I could block him, and I don't know why. And it drives me crazy because I'm not ready to block him yet. I haven't talked to him. You know, as far as blocking goes, like probably the worst thing happens, let's say the girl that he's with right now leaves and then he texts you and sucks you back in. Oh, he's already tried texting me. He actually texted me yesterday. And I was very proud of myself. He actually texted me last Monday. Um, I don't know if you know the song, the driver's license song. It's on TikTok. It's all over the place. Um. Yeah, some dumb breakup song. He sent me a text saying, listen to the song, it's so good. And it's about a girl who drives past her ex-boyfriend's house. And um, because she misses him, but he's with somebody else. And I was just like, yeah, it's a good song. He's like, yeah, it's so good. And I didn't reply. And then today, I mean, yesterday he texted me. Asking if I used his card for like to pay my Netflix account. All I said was no, it's connected to my card. And then he had put, that's crazy as hell, because I had gotten a charge for Netflix. I didn't reply. I just deleted the message. So I can't block, but I'm doing good about not responding. <laughs> Well, I think uh, everyone in the community who's listening to this, I think we're all hoping you do put a block on uh, his uh, text sooner rather than later. Because it only, you know, mm-hmm. as I say, like, you may be able to stay away from the uh, the Hoovers uh, without responding, you know, 10 times. But then, you know, sometimes we all have moments of weakness and mm-hmm. the right thing could be said on on that next text. So, you know, I think uh, hopefully you do. I can't force you to do anything. No, I uh, feel like I'm getting close to doing yeah. it. I really, I, I truly do. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting closer to the blocking. I just, I don't you're know. Di- like, I don't know you're why addicted. I can't. Mm-hmm. You're addicted. You have no, a trauma bond. Yeah. So yeah. uh, anyway, uh, before uh, we end off the show, do you have any, um, I guess, advice for people that are going through or are in the exact same situation right now who are, you know, still trauma bonded um, and trying to really find your way to cut the cord and, and get out for good? Yeah. Um, don't be like me and just block them. No, <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> no, on a, on a serious note. On a serious note, um, uh, as hard as it is for me, I know that I'm worth so much more than what he treated me. 
A hundred percent. I know I'm worth so much more. I have a lot to give my, like, but I'm not even looking for anything right now. It's all about the thing that's getting me through is yes, listening to other stories of other people, but you know, just learning to love myself for the first time in the 30 years that I've been alive, I'm learning to love myself. And I'm not looking for validation from a guy. And I finally forgave my father um, for the way he treated me. I can 100% say I've forgiven that man. And I've let go of all that hurt, which is allowing me to love myself. And I'm not going to let someone devalue me or my son ever again. And yes, my son is with me all the time now. He's back with me 100%. And he's happy, he's healthy, and he's actually not misbehaving anymore. So I'm living for him, and I'm living for us and I just know that if someone else is going through what I'm going through right now, they can get through it. And now this really, I'm probably going to block him after this. Yes. <laughs> maybe this is what I need to block him. I don't know. All right. We did our job. My life. Um, so, you know, Blake, I just really want to thank you for being on the show, being vulnerable with us today, sharing your story from beginning to end for your first time. I know you were probably nervous this whole entire time, and I've been a little pushy with you, and I apologize about that. No, you're fine. I needed uh, it. <laughs> I, I'm sorry if I was all over the place. <laughs> oh, no. And, you know, you... Um, you know, it's nice to hear that you're in a place where you're ready to, um, you know, do a lot of work to uh, love yourself and not get find yourself back into this situation ever again. It's a big step uh, to take. It's a long road and it's a tough road, but you're going to get there. And I think everyone who's listening is uh, happy for you. And, you know, I can't wait to get a, a text from you one day that just says officially blocked. And then I'm going to put, put it out on Instagram or something like that. <laughs> I'm not going to go on TikTok. I'm too old for TikTok. Um, but I'll put it on uh, Instagram or something like that, that, that uh, you did the block. And hopefully everyone uh, cheers and gives a heart or a... Oh, one of those clapping emojis or something like that. So anyway, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being here with me today and sharing your story. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me again. Well, you'll get you, that, that message about me blocking him. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, thank you. And for everyone else who is listening, I hope you have a good night.